Did the humans treat you well? Did you have fun, dear brother? I did. The best thing that ever happened to me. And we're going to dive into that on the second half of the smash anime hit Trigun. Cody! Welcome back, bud. What's going on, man? That was a that was a perfect one, Chris. I did it. I did it. Well, I mean, that was like the perfect pitch. It was it was loud enough, but not not like you know, not not breaking. Kendrick's got nothing on me, dog. Not not can't even can't even touch it. You know, you were you were too far ahead, man. Oh man, oh man. But welcome back, guys. We are here for the next episode of Shonen and Suds. I'm your host, Chris Adams, and I am Cody Snodgrass. And yes, we are back for part two of Trigon, and you know. Cody, you know, we liked the first half. Mm-hmm. It was a little lot of whole lot of nothing happening, but man, the second half of this is just like, you know, and, and we we knew this was the case. Like once they introduced the gung-ho guns, like we knew that the second half was gonna be fucking just non-stop action. Now it started a little slow. Like the first episode kind of continued like the monster of the week kind of thing, but it quickly was like, oh yeah, we gotta fucking plow through this, don't we? Yeah, this is definitely like where Trigun just really shines. Um, I was getting worried, Chris. I thought we were gonna have like a like a Samurai Champloo situation where like maybe mm-hmm. we thought it was better than it really was. And not to hate on Samurai Champloo, um, but th- I was definitely worried. I thought I was like, man, were we just looking yeah. at this with rose-colored glasses or? Yeah, the, the second half definitely reminds me of why I like it. Now, granted, I I, I do think um it is the victim. Um, of the time period. Um, and we were talking about this previously. Um, you know, my biggest gripe with the second half of this show, Cody, is that they're like half, like exactly half of the last episode is all flashbacks. It's all like almost like we've been waiting for this point for Vash to to come face to face with knives who we discover is his brother in the second half like we had heard of the you know we maybe seen like a, a flash here a flash there but nothing had really told us anything about what's causing everything and well you know we finally have the 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 final confrontation the climax and nothing fucking happens until at literally the halfway point of the episode because it's all flashbacks and you know, maybe in like 2001, I appreciated that because Cody, like I was saying before we started recording, I actually bought all of these on VHS and it was a good minute before the last one actually came out compared to the first one. I just remember them being like fucking stalled out on like the first three or four VHSs. And back then, Cody, you know, as well as I do, when you bought a fucking VHS of anime, each one had like two episodes on it. Oh, yeah. Maybe four if you were lucky. Yeah, or in my case, you're getting two episodes of VR Troopers, or right. You know, maybe and a couple it was episodes like a $40 of Beetleborgs. VHS, <laughs> yeah. by the way, it wasn't cheap. That's right. But the, and truth be told, the only reason I even started Trigun was back then. You know, the internet was kind of in its infancy. You didn't, you know, at that point, you know, if I wanted to look up something online, like I primarily used the internet really for like school and research and shit like that. Like there was never really. Like, the internet was not what... It, and I, I mean, I'm not talking, like, a fucking lifetime ago, though it does feel like it. I'm talking, like, 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, like, when all this stuff was coming out. Like, you didn't really have the internet like we know it today. So, there was... You, you took a lot more chances on things. You would go into 
the movie store, like or a Suncoast or something like that, and you would go peruse the anime section, and you would pick something up. Like this was like the old blockbuster days, man, where you if you didn't know it, you looked at it based on the box art, the synopsis on the back. You know what I mean? And one of the things that drew me to Trigun, one of my all-time favorite novels is a book called it's a book by Mike Resnick. It's called Santiago. It's a um it's a sci-fi story. It takes place in the future. And the premise of you know how we how we're kind of introduced to Vash and Trigun at the beginning is uh, you know, who is this mysterious man with the sixty billion double dollar you know, that's kinda like that was like, well that that's fucking that's fucking uh that's Santiago. Like Santiago is like a uh, who is he? No one knows what he looks like. He's wanted. He's this. He's a criminal mastermind. No, he's a hero. You know what I mean? Like, there's all of these rumors and mystery behind this character. So, mm-hmm. like, the fact that I had read that book, when I saw, like, because the back of the first VHS talks, like, about that kind of stuff. Like, who's this mysterious man with the bounty? And, and I was like, I'm fucking, and the animation looks cool. The front cover is that, like, up close to, like, Vash's, like, bust where he's holding the gun, like, next to his face. He's got, like, bullet holes around him. I'm like, this is so fucking cool. I'm going to pick it up. And I was hooked immediately. Um, But I said all that to say this. Um, You know, yes, when I when I knew the final one was coming out, I had pre-ordered it at Suncoast, and I had binged everything up to that point, so I'd be ready. But when you get to the last episode, had I not done that, I would have been really fucking thankful for that uh, for that recap because, you know, they, they cover some things that are like, you know, 10, 15 episodes prior. So that doesn't seem like much. But in the before we were all on the Netflix diet, like you, you kind of relied on the recap unless you had purchased every fucking VHS or every or taped every episode of the show prior to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like when you're watching like a. I can't think of many TV shows that I watch actually like when they air. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, you'll get like a like a previously on Rescue Me or like a previously yeah, on absolutely. ER. Or Rescue Me is a great Bro- show, by the way. I love Rescue Me. That's like my favorite show. <laughs> That's absolutely great. And uh, but yeah, you get like a little recap of the past episode, and like mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to anime, a lot of them will throw like a little like preview of the next one. But the recaps actually like kind of help out, especially if you like miss a week. Like in your instance, mm-hmm. you were buying the VHSs, so like. Yep. You probably weren't missing many weeks, but, like, if you watch this when it aired, like, you know, maybe you yeah. miss a week, and I don't know if, like, Trigon actually aired on American television. Uh, it, it was on Toonami, uh, or, like, Adult Swim, um, but it wasn't until, like, I mean, this was, like, two years after I had gotten all the VHSs, so yeah. I, by the time it aired on TV, I had already seen it. Right. Yeah, you were, you were, you were a first one there. Exactly. Knew, but, um... In before, but yeah, I think the recaps definitely help. But like you said, us being all on this Netflix diet, as you call it, um, mm-hmm. I don't think we're. I think it's going to be something that maybe we we don't have anymore with shows. Uh, yeah, no, it's true. Fairly soon, honestly. I mean, we can't even get people to listen to intros. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right? People are skipping the Cowboy Bebop intro on Netflix. Oh, and the, how they, fucking dare they? That button. Right? That's like the one show that button should even be there on. Your Netflix yeah. account should be deleted if yeah. you if you skip the Bebop intro. I think you should not be allowed to watch the live action if you've ever clicked skip on the Cowboy yeah. Bebop intro. You yeah. should just shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, you go to hell yeah. and you die. <laughs> Your opinions are invalid. Um, just saying. But of course, we're here to talk about Trigun, which also has a fantastic intro. Um, and and even a great and a great outro too. Great, but, great. Even the great like the 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 episode splits 
little like guitar riff is great. Like it's just yeah. Although it is like three times louder than the actual show itself. Oh, dude, it, I, I used to fall asleep watching that shit, and I would be half asleep, and all you hear is. <laughs> like fuck yeah it would uh it it goes pretty pretty hard but uh exactly but you know like it's i i I guess i said all that to say this um i'm glad that recap is there but like when you're watching it like when you're binging it it does kind of take you out of it and you're like man we've waited this whole time for this fight and we just get fucking a 10 minute little little schwitz you know what i mean but that's okay. All things considered, I think the second half is it's as good, if not better, than I remember. Um, I still have my gripes. I don't think like the animation is very inconsistent. Um, but I mean, like, I, it doesn't take me out of it. Like, I love the character designs. I love the villains. The gung ho guns are absolutely fantastic. And I, I was actually, I it was so funny. I you know I I had spouted off some of the names uh, the week before and the week before that, and I can't believe I had forgotten some of them. I was like, and then when they said the names, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, and then oh yeah, that guy because they all fucking like die super quick. Um, Chris, but... it must it must just be you from watching. I I'm I'm assuming you've seen the show several times. Oh, the dude, Trigun was like my favorite for a long time. Because I mean, you were able to spout off at like ten of these guys, and I can't, mm-hmm. dude, I couldn't remember a single one. Like, I they get introduced, and I'm like, okay, who's this guy? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and then they say the name, and I'm like, oh, Chris mentioned that. Oh, Chris mentioned yep. that one too. Oh, that one too. And I'm just like, yeah, he must have watched Trigun like <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> Well, that's how it was when you had VHSs, and they're when they're forty bucks a pop. Like you, you really hoped you struck gold on a series, and you like watched it a lot. And uh, me and my group of friends, we actually had um like a V. We would exchange stuff. Like he'd be like, my friend would be like, oh hey, I bought fucking Berserk. You know the first couple you know tapes or DVDs. Well, let me borrow those. Here, take these two Trigun. You know what I mean, or whatever. So. You know, that was that was kind of what it was, and it wasn't always this, oh, hey, everything's on the fucking internet. You know, so we would have, uh, we would do, like, exchanges and stuff, and we would, like, actually go out drinking and talk about, like, what we, like, it was, it was really cool. Kind of like what we're doing right now, Cody, but we would be doing this over, like, fucking beers or at, like, this fucking dive diner at, like, three in the morning. You know what I mean? That, that's, so, that's what we aspire to be here at Shonen Insights, Chris. We just need to be at some dive bar, diner... At 3 a.m. Dude, I would love to talk anime just sitting at a bar just over a cup of coffee, man. Because I mean, that's basically what this is. But, Cody, speaking at bars, you know, it, it's that time. We've put it off long enough. Uh, we're dreading this one. But, you know, for the people, we need to know, what are we drinking? Oh, Chris. Oh, man. Let me get this crack out of the way. I don't even want to hold the can towards my face. Oh man! All right, we have the pumpkin spice Bud Light seltzer. This is my final flavor. Um, this is my second one, but you know we we agreed to do pumpkin this time. I'm gonna suffer with you now, Chris. You've already cracked yours, right? Let's just go ahead and take a swig, and then we'll... okay, okay, hold on. Okay, <clears throat> I, I, it's I'll I'll go first here, um, because okay. I am a hater of pumpkin. This actually is not that bad. It's soft, right? Like the this, the I, pump. It, it's this is like if you were to 
I, what am I trying to say? Like, if you were trying to describe to somebody who doesn't know what pumpkin is like, and you just pick certain things, like this would be like the the muted version of that. Yeah, it tastes like a very like light, like cinnamon brown sugar kind of. I I can't yeah. quite figure out what it is, but it's not actually bad. It's a lot. It's not my favorite. I'll go ahead and put it out there. It's not my favorite, but. It's not as harsh, and believe it or not, I kind of like how the seltzer kind of makes it a little more crisp. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, pumpkin beers tend to be a little bit more, I don't want to, they're not heavy. They're typically, you know, 5 to 6%, though there are some that are a lot higher. But they're they're slightly carbonated, so they almost they almost come across as heavy while you're drinking it. Whereas this flavor's soft, and like it's crisp. I'm okay with this. Yeah, this is this is actually like it's weird to say that the maple pear is my, probably my least favorite. That's and, wild. And this is yeah, the actually, pear sucked. It was it was like fucking pancakes. Yeah, like this actually isn't the worst thing I've ever had. Surprisingly, it's, it's again, it's not my favorite. Um, because I do think the more you drink it, like. The, the crispness of this, like the, the, the seltzer part of it is 100% at odds with the pumpkin part of it. Um, again, I, I, so far this pack is, I think this is 100% that the shit you buy as a mistake. And when you go to somebody's house for a party, you immediately take it to their fridge, shove it in the back and it's their problem now. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. This is like, if you're a, like an Anheuser-Busch collector, maybe you buy the pack. Um, it's a novelty for sure. You're this. Yeah. You're you're fucking around with your friends during the holidays. You're like, I got the seltzer pack. Let's drink it, and then you fucking immediately regret it. Yeah, and, but and this I, is fine. Yeah, this actually isn't that bad. And I'm a person. I don't like anything pumpkin. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, I I don't think I've carved a pumpkin, Chris, in probably like oh, five man. years. Like I don't even like. This is I, baby's I first pumpkin. This is I, your gateway drug. Dude, I don't go to the pumpkin patch. I, like I, <laughs> I, I no no sir. I like. <laughs> You can I'm meet good. a nice young lass at the uh, at the pumpkin patch, Cody. That's where you meet a nice wholesome gal. Chris, I've had many girls want to go to the pumpkin patch, and I'm like, see, eh, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll, I'll park drinking pass, with their you. with their pumpkin spice latte from like Dunkin' oh, Donuts man. or wherever you get it. Like, gotta love but this it. This actually isn't that bad, and you know, like my I've had pumpkin pie, which I also don't mm-hmm. like, but like this feels like you just took a little tiny bite of pumpkin pie. Like it's not. That's fair. Just like you, like didn't, a... you didn't want a whole slice. You want you like your you want the apple. You want the cherry pie. You want the pecan pie. But mm-hmm. you, you, mom's like, hey, you, you cut gotta, yourself you gotta... a little sliver. <laughs> yeah, Mama Dukes is like, hey, you gotta you gotta take just a little little bite. And you're just like, all right, fine. fine for you, Mom. I will. That's right. But uh, this, I, I don't think I'll pour this one down the sink. I think I'll actually, um, I, I'll drink this one. Like, well, damn. I had a backup. That's impressive. You heard it here first. Yeah, and now, granted, who knows? Maybe halfway through this can, I'll want to throw up. But we'll, yeah, we'll get... it's all—it's already starting to be a little off-putting. Like it's—it's—it's it's fine. Um, but I definitely think this is something I would want in like a six-ounce can. Like you know, like you know, how Coca-Cola has like the little cans. Like if you're mixing them with like, like those are great if you're mixing them with like whiskey or something. Oh yeah. I, I want this whole novelty pack to be in that size because that's about all I can take. Yeah, just a little like a uh, little Coke mini, but let me, let's get yeah, some. That's it. And they have mini Bud Lights. Let's just do the when we when they try this stuff. Let's just get the little baby cans. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, keep no, it simple. Nobody wants a tall boy of this. Um, it's true. Yeah, that is what we're drinking. We're drinking the Bud Light Seltzer Pumpkin Spice. Of course, we do not suggest anybody at home buy it. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. But what I do suggest is people tune in to Trigun and join us as we hop in the car, Cody. We are taking a spin, and we are starting. Um, Now, just real quick, last week we did talk about episode 13. It That was just a gigantic recap episode. So we're going to pick up basically right after that. And like I said, we're kind of back into the... um. We're kind of back into a real quick monster of the week type of situation here. Um, this one is we're, we're introduced to like a little just a group of bad guys and like their parents own a geo spot uh, or that we don't find out. it's his, We don't know it's his parents, but this old couple that owns a geo spot like out in the middle of the desert. I remember here. Um Oh, you're yeah, good. and um, basically yeah. the landowner, um, just like, you know, just basically the town, like, dipshit, dickhead, um, basically wants the land back, but he doesn't own it. Yeah, and basically it's like this elderly couple, they have, like, I want to say it's their grandson or their son. It's their son, old fucking Bad Mark or whatever his name is. Bad Badwick is his name. What a <laughs> Bad, shitty name. That's his name. Yeah, he's just kind of like a little douchebag, and they they need the you know the mayor of the town or whoever he is. He needs the deed for this land. Um, yep, basically uh, he's just trying to to swindle this family out of their land. Yeah, and he also hires the remaining like half, I would say, of the Nebraska family. Yeah, which, oh, Mama Nebraska. That's right. We see Mama Nebraska and um, is like the, the sister, um, and then like yep, the, the three little brothers that she just. Literally fucking lobs them. Just, yeah, just Brett Favre, Terry Bradshaw, whoever you want to pick, just throwing these dudes like they're mm-hmm. like little cannonballs. Um, very interesting uh, group of villains. Just some big dumb guys, pretty much. Uh, but this, like, actually, like Merrill and Millie, kind of saved the day here. Uh, they actually like. I, I want to say it's Merrill that she doesn't actually shoot the shot. It's actually Vash that shoots. Um, which mm-hmm. obviously Vash is there to help out as well. Oh, um, of course. Of but course. Meryl has her own little like hero moment in this episode where she like this th- is great. Like she thinks she shot the shot that took out, took down the bad guy, but turns out it's just Vash like hiding in, like a trash can or something. But, and I love that he's like, "This is the only moment I get." Yeah, yeah this is like literally his only fucking uh, his only moment in the show, which I, which is kind of funny that like you know because we like Meryl and Millie, like they're you know they're. They're growing on us at this point. Let me kill this uh, this bug that has decided to post itself up on my uh, on my Final Fantasy twelve poster. So let me. We can't have no bugs on that. that. Uh-uh. I, I can't tell if this is a lady bug or an Asian lady beetle. They're practically the same thing, right? I think you're getting overrun over there, Chris. They need some. You know, winter's coming. They need somewhere to stay That's warm. True. Um, but yeah, and then like towards the end of this episode, basically. Uh, what they what the older couple needs to do is they need to get the deed to like, like city hall basically is what it is. Um, and towards the end of the episode, their son, what's it, Badwick? <clears throat> oh, Badwick. Yeah, he basically kind of runs away from the Nebraska family and the bad guys. Um, mm-hmm. and makes his way to city hall, turns in the deed. Yeah, and... turns into the bank, and he finds out they 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 left it for him because like there is definitely some uh, like. He has that moment where he like basically calls his parents deadbeats, or they were just terrible parents, and he's just like, 
Yeah, he just, yeah, something he just totally shouldn't have said. Um, oh, dude, yeah. Which, you know, uh, these kinds of things happen, you know, with, like, a family. Like, every once in a while, somebody's going to make a slip-up that they feel bad for, but there's there's still love there, and, uh, you know, he kind of realizes that, you know, that's the case. Turns out he's the one that's going to be in charge of this land, and I don't think he's giving it to the bad guys anytime soon. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And then uh, we kind of get a, um, I want to say that at the end of this episode is where uh, Millie is writing home. She has, what was it called? The Millie Monthly that she calls all of her letters that she writes home? Yeah, to like her 50 siblings or whatever they are. Oh, damn, she's got like big brother, big sister, big little sister, little little sister, little baby sister. Yeah, dude, she is fucking, her parents had a, must be nice to just lay on your back all the time. <laughs> yeah, and then like. Man. <laughs> Yeah, and then she I think she asked Meryl, like, oh, why don't you ride home? Meryl just seems like, she's like, ah, I used to, but nah, I'm good. And mm-hmm. we should also mention that, like, Meryl is starting to, like, really gain an attraction for Vash, it seems. Um, yep. And, yeah. but And I want to say... Yeah, th- this is basically the last, like, Monster of the Week episode, by the way. I was trying to remember if when they got the, the new orders from uh, Bernadelli... Oh, uh, it's not until it's not until after, it's not until the first Vash's first like run in with uh with it's not until after he like destroys the city, uh fighting E.G. Mine and Ride the Blade. Okay, okay, I was trying to remember if that happened this early or not. Okay, nah, because they uh they they basically get pulled, and we'll get to that. But uh, this next episode, cause like I said, this is kind of the last like monster of the week episode. They they've tidied up the Nebraska family. We're done there. So this next episode, we're introduced to a, what we think is going to be another kind of like villain of the week thing. We were met with the Roderick gang or the Roderick family. Um, and it looks like they've just kid, they've got like these women that they're treating as slaves. And uh, well, inside this restaurant they go into, we find our old pal Legato Blue Summers just sitting there chowing down on a pork chop or something. And uh, these guys make the critical error of talking shit to this guy. Oh man, Chris! Yeah, what, what and a mis- he just fucking—he doesn't kill them. He has them kill themselves or kill each other. Yeah, just a, a very brutal scene. Definitely like sets the tone that these aren't your typical monster of the week people. These are these are the real villains here. Um, That's right. And then um, so um, so what what am I saying here? So, yep, so basically, he just leaves. He kills all the he kills the people that are in the bar, just leaving uh, the waiter and the girls that were there as uh, as slaves, and also the the band on stage, uh, the sax player. Um, who you kind of you kind of get the vibe, well, not just because he is dressed very vibrantly, and every if you're just a side character, you're just wearing like fucking white shirt, brown slacks in this world. Um, but he's wearing like a purple suit, and he just, you know he, he's very well developed at you know from an art artistic standpoint. So you're like, oh, this guy is somebody. Um, and, and then that, I want to say from here, Cody, and not to mention they, that, um, that, uh, that saxophone solo was something else. Oh, um, fucking just a face melting uh saxophone uh solo and then here we um at at that point it cuts to vash and the gang uh millie and merrill and they've caught up they're they're now in this town of course well vash has been giving them a ride basically what's left of their car he's like carrying it through the desert um but they show up at the town only to pop into this bar and see what was left behind um so and then basically he just kind of at the woman who was there, he's like, Hey, who, who killed these men? Was it, you know, basically asking if it was, uh, if it was Legato and, uh, 
slams his fucking finger in the door, and we have a really fun, like, comic relief, because it goes from, like, very serious to, like, super fucking, like, comedic on a drop, which is, I mean, it's Vash for, you know, for the, that's par for the course for Vash. Um, yeah, but I, I, so think that, she, I think actually the way this ha- anime handles it, they do it very well. Um, yeah, I agree. I've seen agree. some animes where, like, you want, like, a real serious moment, and they, mm-hmm. like, they always kind of ruin it. Um, with this anime, they do it, like, just enough to where it's still funny and, like, you can still have the serious moments and still mm-hmm. have the funny moments. I think this anime actually does that very well. I'll, I'll probably talk about that a little bit more when we get to, like, our overview. Um, yeah, but... I agree. And I think, and I think uh, you know, an actor like, you know, like Johnny Young Bosch, like, really sells it well. So, like, I think he, he does very well jumping from one to the other. I think, he, I mean, I, lo- I love his voice. Like, uh, I think it fits Vash to the American, you know, Vash to a T. Um, but you know, back on the serious side where, you know, we go up to, uh, I guess whatever, um, uh, Genora rock, which is like right outside the town. Well, we're, um, we are greeted with Legato again and the rest of the Roderick family are there and they are, um, well, they are ready to fucking strike, but, uh, Cody, they all start dropping like flies, not only because Legato is having them shoot each other. There are, there, there's people outside of this area that are firing down on him and cody we are now introduced to the rest of the gung-ho guns we have and they're introduced by um by our saxophone player who is uh lastly mid-valley the horn freak but we've got gray the nine lives dominique the cyclops zazie the beast lawanoff the puppet master hopard the gauntlet ryday the blade mine the eg mine and like I said, Mid Valley, the Horn Freak. So we've now got our group of villains, our our our, our mini bosses, as it were, that Vash that we know Vash is gonna have to uh, go through. But they also did mention one thing here, and this is kind of an important line. Um, when after they introduced themselves, Legato asked Mid Valley, he's like, "Oh, is Chapel not gonna join you?" And uh, Mid Valley says, "Well, he's he's definitely as untrustworthy as uh, as we've heard." So. Um, so you're thinking, okay, well, there's one more that we haven't seen, yep. but then, uh, so the first up here, uh, basically what's going to happen here, um, Vash finds Legato, goes after him, and our, I guess our first, uh, opponent here for Vash is Dominique the Cyclops. Yeah, she's a chick with, like, this, she has, like, an the eye patch. The demon eye. Yeah, the demon eye, which she has it covered up with, like, an eye patch. Mm-hmm. And, um... Honestly, but it she, lets her. Uh, it, I guess it lets her. Uh, she. It, it, we find out that it basically it, it puts her, whoever it locks onto, basically puts them under hypnosis and kind of muddles their senses. Yeah, fortunately for our boy Vash, he like uses. It was the injury when he slammed his door and or his, his door his finger in the door. Um, yep. He like uses that injury uh, to kind of break out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of very similar to how like Midoriya got out of like. Uh, out of it, out of El Shinzo, yeah, Shinzo. out of Shinzo's uh fucking I almost uh, said Shizo, his, but... his his yeah his uh his mind control. But what I love here again, we're meet, we're greeted with another fun comedic moment where when the fight for, uh fight first starts, she's like, I could have killed you three times, and uh something else happened. He's like, Oh yeah, well I could have groped you at least five times. Like the <laughs> buttons come popping off her shirt, and I thought that was really fucking funny. Yeah, very funny moment in like one of the like more serious fights. Um, yeah, Vash 
Vash kind of makes quick work out of her. I don't, he, he still doesn't oh. kill her or anything like that, you know. And it's so funny that after Vash beats her, Millie and Meryl show up and they're like, why are you beating on this defenseless woman? Just slap the shit out of him. And he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, he's like, you guys have not Did been here the not whole time. Like, <laughs> right. And of course, she uses that opportunity to run off. And uh, the last thing we, the last scene we see is um is her. She's she's running through the city. She's like mad at herself that she was beaten, and uh, just hanging out like in the alley that she runs to is uh, Mid Valley the Horn Freak. So, and that kind of ends that there. Yeah, and Vash basically he also lets uh, Meryl and Millie know that he doesn't want them to follow him any longer because yeah. it's getting way too dangerous. Doesn't want them to like lose their lives for being involved with like everything he's got going on. Um, yep. Well, it's been a lot of fun, but I guess that's all. Yeah. Which, we, which, which we all know these two, they're not, they're not giving up that easy. Uh, no, hell no. Cause, uh, this next episode here, um, this is a big one. This is, this is kind of the, the big turning point here. And this is where we're coming into basically like moving forward. This is all kind of like, we're we're hitting our climax. You know, we're we're gonna get a lot of backstory, and we're gonna plow through some villains. Cause um, this next episode, basically, um, E.G. Mine is the one who's now next task to killing Vash. And um, well, yeah, th this guy doesn't fuck. This guy's a psychopath. You know, basically, um, he um, try to think here. So basically, it's been a couple weeks have passed, um. And Vash is just hanging out, like he's just hanging out at a bar, just crushing some uh, some salmon sandwiches. And uh, some like guy under like hypnosis comes up to him and tells him to um uh that um he's like he is waiting for you in Augusta, and then just kills himself. Yeah, which obviously Vash knows this is Legato and his lackeys. Got to be somebody yeah. going. Uh, so and had... then we get to see a flash of our boy, our boy Nicholas D is back in the saddle. Um, he catches wind because uh, he, I guess he's like, he's kind of like behind them. Like he's in a different part. He's about like 60, 70 miles away from them. And he catches wind of Vash and quickly runs to catch up. Yeah. I actually forgot about Wolfwood coming back here. Um, oh yeah. But yeah. And then like news of Vash like, going on this rampage in Augusta is going on. So obviously like Marilyn yeah, Millie he, picked he wants up to on get everybody out of town. So nobody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so everybody's, you know, on Vash's tail, per usual. Um, yeah, and, but once, and, the, uh, once the town is empty, we uh, we get to see two familiar faces. Uh, basically, we get to see Dominic the Cyclops and the first gung-ho gun we saw a few episodes ago, Monev the Gale, just fucking, they are just strung up to the side of the wall, dead as fried chicken, Cody. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, E.G. E Mine reveals himself. Um, yep. and he's like, oh, do you like my artwork? And basically he kind of tells that, and this is where it kind of sets the tone that failure is not an option for these guys. They, they either, they, 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 they have, they have to live by the rule of 50 cent. They either kill Vash or die trying. <laughs> That's right, Chris. Yeah. Um, and EG's like, get up is kind of weird. He's like in this like shell type thing. Yeah. With like um, spikes, like it's almost, it's, I mean, it's almost like a landmine kind of. Mm -hmm. But more of like a porcupine than anything else. Yeah, and before he can even really get started, he like he shoots some spikes at Vash, but uh, 
Chris, his, uh, he, he gets interrupted by another uh, member of the gung-ho guns. Yeah. Uh, basically, like, dude, these guys are fucking cutthroat because, I mean, the fight's over. Like, that, this guy cannot beat Vash. And uh, we, are in, we, we are now met again with Ryday the Blade. And he basically tells EG Mine, like, he's like, this fight has been over. And you see, like, basically, like, his shell fall off. And fucking Ryday just comes up and kills him. He's like, you failed. This fight's over. You, you had no, when this fight began, you had no chance. And uh, I, I love this part because he uh, he kills EG Mine. Of course, that vicious, that pisses Vash off. He's like, why'd you kill him? And then he says something like, it, 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 if he's alive, it won't allow me to invoke my right of Bushido. And he shows Vash this like thing in Japanese, and Vash is like, oh, you know, I can't read that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, basically um, he's saying it's a death match, and then. Yeah, you know, of course, fighting ensues between these two, and Ryday's actually kind of—he's got the upper hand he's on Vash. Yeah, he, he's yeah, not. This is bad. a good fight. And um, but we, we also have Meryl and Millie arriving like towards the town, not quite where they're at. Um, yep. But then Chris, we get a uh, Vash breaks the, out the, his the, like the big what the fuck moment. Yeah, he because uh, I want to say Legato shows up as well. Or no, 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 mm-hmm. he's he's in Vash's head. That's what it is. Yep. Basically uh, takes control of him, and we see something go on with Vash's gun and his arm. Yeah, it just becomes this... I don't even know what to... This giant, like, bio-organic fucking cannon <laughs> yeah. that's on his arm, and it just... And Vash is like, oh god, no, 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 please stop, stop, stop. You know, like, he is in full-on panic. And, of course, Millie and Meryl are there to see what's going on, and... uh even Ryday's like, uh, what is happening? Yeah, and Vash um, is like telling him, hey, you need to run away, because like, this cannon arm thing, I think they call it the angel arm. Um, the angel arm. It's and like, Cody's it's charging team. up, Chris. This is going to be a Kamehameha, Hadouken, not like, all of the above. Does it, dude, it fucking obliterates this city, and Cody blows a hole in the fucking moon. Yeah, quite, <laughs> quite a powerful weapon. Um, Man. But you know that's it's not over that. So the it's a this is a really great scene. Like the dust settles, everything is like fucking stone silent. But Cody, we got a survivor here in the town. Our old boy, uh, old boy Ride the Blade, survived the blast. What a fucking champ! Yeah, but who knows on. how he made it out of that alive? But uh, Chris, right? he, he's approached by a familiar face as well. Indeed, our old pal Nicholas D. Wolfwood. But uh, they have a, an exchange here that makes you go. Hmm. Because it appears that they uh that these guys know each other, Cody. Yeah, which but, uh, raises some questions about our boy Wolfwood. We don't know who, whose team is he on. Is he the double agent, well, Chris? <laughs> and it was so funny because I had, and and this was even back you know twenty years ago when Wolf I was like he's fucking Chapel. That's Chapel. That's the guy. He's a gung ho gun. I, I my first thought I, I was where my mind went immediately when I found out that he knew Ride. I was like, "Yep, that's it. That's Chapel." That and I was like, "No wonder they called him a traitor and untrustworthy." And I was like, "It makes so much fucking sense." And at this point, I was like, "I am fucking in for the rest of this." Yeah, it definitely adds a little bit more mystery to the show. And uh, yeah, but Wolfwood just fucking boom, just blows him away right on the spot. Yeah, Wolfwood takes care of that, and um, obviously we well, also and, have. And, I can't yeah, forget to say about Millie and Merrill are also like, fortunately for them, they see like the the cannon charging up in like the distance, 
Mm-hmm. And so they get out of harm's way, but they're they can clearly know like this isn't like you know a regular Vash fight. Like this isn't. No, this isn't like this Vash is shooting way above pistol, their pay grade. Like, yeah. Uh, something. And this crazy. is where they get reassigned, Cody. They uh, at this point, like we we get a little you know I want to say some time has passed, and they get basically they get recalled by the uh, Bernardelli main office, basically. That Vash has been classified as the first human national natural disaster, and basically they're like, we're not paying claims out on this. Like, we're done. We're not involved. So, uh, how about fuck that? Y'all come on home. Yep. Which obviously Meryl's pretty heartbroken about because she is. Oh yeah. You got she's got a little little soft spot for our boy. Uh, Vash yeah, and they, beat, of course. they've gotten to know him. So. Yep. And then Chris. Man, this get, next episode might get, be my favorite episode. Yeah, we get the absolute. This is my favorite episode for sure. Um, we get a lot of questions answered here, but then also more questions become asked. We uh, we basically find out, you know, that we're we're in the future, Cody. This is we're not on some crazy desert planet in the. And I mean, we we've gotten some hints with all this lost technology and. Well, mm-hmm. what, you know, all of these plants, but like, you know, we kind of thought we were in this crazy, just steampunk world. Nope. Nope. Humanity in the classic sci-fi trope, humanity has fucked up earth to the point that, well, we need to go out into the stars and find a new home. So they were part of what pro- uh, we find out because we've heard the name Rim before Rim Savrim, who is very, very near and dear to Vash. And we kind of get her story and who she is and, some of these flashes that we've seen up to this point definitely start to make sense. Um, but yeah. no, this is a phenomenal episode. We all, we're also introduced to Vash as a child and what appears to be his twin brother, who we uh, learn is named Knives. If that's not, Cody, if that's not the name of a fucking villain, I don't know what is. Yeah, they they, they lay it on pretty thick there <laughs> with a name Big like time. that. Um yeah, we get like this flashback. It's a very sci-fi episode. Kind of, yeah. kind of a... it, it takes place in space. They're on they're on a ship the whole time. Basically, the ship that they're on has, uh, I want to say, it has like plant life and colonists and all. Like basically, the, the the seeds to sow. No, no pun intended. But the seeds to sow life for future for the future of humanity. Yeah, we got like our 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 main crew here on the ship, and then we have like tons of people like in like under like sleep control like i don't know if they're they're frozen or mm-hmm. what they are they're like all in like a cryogenic sleep type thing um mhm and then you have like this this small little crew and these two you know strange boys who we come to find out weren't actually part of like they're not they're not uh how do i put this yeah. Chris? they're they're not exactly humans uh we come yeah, to find out yeah they're they're referred to um, like pretty, pretty much referred to as angels here mm-hmm. Yeah, and we get to we get some like some so, some fun little banter. I say fun very mm-hmm. loosely here, but with, like with Rem and like Bash and Knives and like they're she's clearly like a like a mother figure to these two. I would say. Um, yep. You no, know, she's like. And we the the big issue we had, and this is where they kind of start to separate. Whereas Vash, you know, Vash is kind of like you have a, a Clark Kent kind of situation here, where like he he really follows rim and wants to be good and follows that more you know he has a moral compass that points north not that knives doesn't but knives asks like the harsh questions that people don't want to answer like the for example with the spider and the butterfly like um you know there's that butterfly in the spider's web and you know not like he wants 
I want to say like knives end up killing them both, but like he wanted to like he's like, well, if we save the butterfly, then the spider's gonna starve. Like it's it, it's it's a hypocrisy, you know what I mean? So like knives is knives is kind of questioning like what humanity's all about and just like these really strange like like I don't know like he he really questions a lot of these kind of like do good be good you know yeah, he only questions. think about that kind of, like yeah, I don't know I, I don't know the right way to put it but like he got a question he has a moral compass but it definitely does not point north yeah he questions like it almost it's like he's questioning the the morals of like Rim and Vash like Rim obviously wants yeah. to like find this new planet you know keep humanity mm-hmm. alive and Vash is just like enamored with her um but yeah, he, and also by not, the way, there's this character Steve on the ship who's like, I don't fucking trust these kids. Like they're they're fucking monsters, dude. Like, oh, yeah, and, and he he gets drunk and he calls them monsters, which obviously like, oh boy, it he gets framed, man. Dial M for murder. They frame him, or well, we don't know who does, but we quickly see from a sinister grin on Knives' face, we know who the fucking culprit here is. Yeah, Knives is very much the yin or the yang to Vash's yin. Um, oh, one hundred percent. I don't know which one of those is good and evil, but you know, like we know Vash. We, we is know good we and... know which one here is for sure. <laughs> but yeah, um, basically, I can't remember what Steve. How did they frame him? I know he calls them uh, they, monsters. They, they found they found the girl dead, I believe. Uh, the girl that he was with. Um, they they found they found her dead, and basically they put they put him. Uh, he stood trial, and they basically like cryo froze him until they got. Chris, it's actually. I want to say she she accuses him of raping her. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, but he gets basically. I know he gets cryogenically frozen. Like, well, he, he's gonna stay in trial at some point, but let's uh, let's kind of get him off the ship. So they just whoop. And it seems like Steve him. is pretty like sincere when he says that he like didn't do it. Like this isn't yeah. like the regular Steve we've seen. So and even Rim is like, you know, like we're just doing this without like hearing his side of the story. Yeah. Like Rim's very much against it, which also, you know, Vash is very much against it. Um, but then, like, we have the other crew member, the other guy. I, I don't remember his name. Um, I believe he ends up killing the girl. It's uh, Roland, I believe. Roland, yeah, he, like he definitely ends up killing the girl here. Yeah, he's kind of like a nerdy guy. Um, yeah. And then it seems like he kind of acts out of character because, like, then he like talks with Mary and says that he like talked, he like tampered with Steve's like. Um, like sleeping pod thing, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. um, and like it, he's gonna die. He'll never wake up to stand trial. He's, yep. And then he's like, you know, he's like, and now we can be together. And you know, he he kind of just does this like a very out of character thing for for Roland in the it, short. It's time almost like him. he was manipulated into uh, doing this. Bum bum bum. The plot thickens, Chris. Um, oh, it does. It's thicker in pea soup, sir. And of course, Mary's like, no, get get away from me. I didn't want you to kill him. Didn't want you to do any of this, and um, I can't well, remember. Uh, he pulls a gun. I want to say and he, fucking kills her. Yeah, he shoots her, and then of course everybody else runs in. Um, I'm trying to remember what all happens here. Basically, knives um, kills the whole crew. Basically, ends up dead here, and knives kind of reveals his plan, dude. Yeah, it's like knives killed Roland, and then he like. He messed with the controls on the ship to cause all of these. I can't remember what the ships are, but there's more than one ship up in the air. Oh, there's a lot. They have like a full-on fleet of these seed ships. Yeah, and he basically 
hops on the control panel, causing causing them all to crash land on this like new planet that they had just mm-hmm. recently discovered. Um, which is the planet that we just happen to uh, be on here. Yeah, and then of course, like you have like the automated like system will go overhead saying like everybody needs to get to the escape pods. Mm-hmm. The rim vash and knives head to the escape pods. Um, we kind of like like at this point we know what knives has done. Like it, it, it's hard for him to hide from like what he's done. Um, but our, our girl Rim, she has to she stays behind to try and prevent all these ships from crash landing on this planet. Yep, and uh, well. While she is successful, Cody, she does not save herself. The ship she is on just fucking... And Vash is not fucking happy about it. Oh, yeah, he is not happy at all, Chris. And, of course, he's on... He's in an escape pod with his twin brother who caused literally all of this. Um, yep. Because he, I guess he's, like, very... Anti- he hates humans. He hates the way he was treated by... Um, Old fucking Steve-O. Steve, yeah. I get Steve and Brad's character convinced. Like yeah, because Brad is basically the same fucking guy when we see him later. Oh, but it is I mean? a same character model. and uh, Yeah, literally, his shirt's a different color. Yeah, and like, when I want... we flash forward after that happens, like, basically the other, uh, so, basically, she makes it so the other ships don't crash and that people survive. So, the vibe I'm getting is that this entire population on this planet came from these seed ships, and what we're, what we're seeing is the next century of this this like not terraforming but colonization on this planet yeah and and kind of going into the next episode as well because i want to say we flash forward like you said it's like a hundred years or something but it's like a yeah bash and knives are like face off again like i don't know what i knives had just killed somebody I can't remember. Yeah, he, who. he killed, which we find out later that this person, like, it, it flashes, like, they're inside an office. Like, Vash is going to see that he's here for a particular reason to see this person. And we find out later that this person was actually related to Rem. Mm-hmm. And, well, Knives got to him first, killed him, and he's just like, oh, hey, Vash, you know, glad to see you again. Because now they're both, like, grown adults at this point. And, Cody, we now see the incident that put that 60 billion double dollar bounty on Vash's head. And we yep. find out it wasn't his fault. We should have known. We should have fucking known who was behind it this whole time, Cody. Yeah, it turns out the guy named Knives is a is a pretty bad guy. And we kind of you kind of put two and two together that like the sh- the shadowy figure that Legato's been kind of like mm-hmm. chirping with is Knives, uh, who is kind of like the the overseer. Like Legato's above all the gung ho guns, but Knives is like the big boss up top. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we get to see like the destruction of July, which was also caused by like the angel arm mm-hmm. gun thing that Vash has. Uh, yeah, and I want to... Yeah, so, absolutely. And then I want to say we, we we see Vash, because like some time has passed, like a few months I think have passed since the uh, destruction of uh, Augusta. And Vash is like under a different name. He's going by the name Eric's or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's just rocking the long hair. He's just like, yeah, he's wearing the same white shirt and brown pants that everybody else is fucking wearing on this planet. Yeah, but you can tell you can tell by that voice. You know, that's Johnny oh, it's Young. But yeah, Vash. this is Vash the Stampede just trying to lay low, honestly. I think he's yeah. at this point he's you know, he's been through he's enough. He he's like almost like a family man. Like there's this like young girl Lena who we meet. Yeah. Um, kinda just like I wanna say it's Lena and then it's I don't know, is it her I can't remember out of all these townspeople. I wanna say it's like 
Is it her father or who else is Vashtain? Like a. Uh, I remember. It, it's it's oh man, it's her like her br- her brother maybe or something. It's a. Yeah, I can't remember who it is. Not a very important it, character. It was a family. I mean, it was a family that they're but staying it, with. It's not like Eric's, or excuse me, it's not like Vash and Lena are in like this relationship. It's more of like a very close like family friendship type. Exactly, thing. they're family. <clears throat> and then Chris, we get a a bus comes into town, and uh, who would be on that bus? It, of course, it's our boy Wolfwood. Oh, Nicholas D coming in hot. I love it, my boy. Um. And to be fair, Cody, th- this is kind of a villain of the week kind of thing. But the whole idea is, like, Wolfwood caught caught wind of this guy being around, basically just eating donuts and crying. And he's like, well, I know who that is. Yeah. And um, and he basically kind of has a, a talk with Vash. Like, he basically just, he's like, you know, he, he's like, you know, I had my suspicions, but, like, I had, no, you know, he's like, I knew you, I knew you weren't who you said you were. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he really gets the affirmation that it is Vash when, like, some bandits attack the saloon in town, and like, they mm-hmm. they force Vash to like strip naked in the middle of the town, and, like he could. Oh, see. this was so fucking great! Yeah, he's got I like love it. all the cuts and all the bruises and all the. I don't even know what to fucking call some of these injuries. Dude, that he's he suffering. is fucking. He is mangled. And, yeah, uh, he is big time beat. Still gets shot, so then like in the hospital is when like. Him and Wolf would have their little talk, and uh, yep. they kind of, you know, they talk about the Augusta incident, all that stuff. And uh, Wolfwood actually mentions that he like brings Vash out his uh, his revolver. He's like, "Hey, you yeah. know a guy named Frank Marlin? You know, cheers to the yep. town drunk Frank Marlin." Um, yeah, I fucking he, love that guy. He said he would fix up Vash's gun anytime, and uh, and he did. Sure is shit. He did, Chris. It's time for indeed, and then we kind of get uh, the end of this episode. We kind of get a little mirror of him getting his hair cut by Rim, which was kind of a big deal in the last episode. Where like she, you know, she cut basically the spiky do that he has now was given to him by Rim, and like knives cut his own hair, and it looked like shit. (laughs) Um, But Vash kind of gets that same haircut again, so you kind of get like that mirrored image of him kind of, you know, really kind of getting back to normal, and we can really thank our. Thank our old pal Nicholas D for uh for for helping him here. Yeah, absolutely. And then he also brings him up on an incident that happened in a town called Carcasses, I believe is how it's pronounced. Oh, uh, Caracas, Car- yeah, uh, Car- yeah, Carcasses. I think you're right. <laughs> when I read the subtitle, I was like, Carcasses. <laughs> I'm like that yeah. sounds great. I thought we were sticking with the months. You know, we had May, July, and Augusta. Like I thought we were just killing like the whole year. You know, one by one, and uh. But no, this this town basically all the population disappeared, and mm-hmm. like on the middle of like the town square, there's like this big like I don't know, it's like a fountain or what it is, but you yeah. see, it's like in, dry in, as a bone. In blood, it's written knives. Knives. Yep. So you know, knives is our big bad. That's what we're after. There it is. And now Vash and uh, Wolfwood. I want to say they head off on their own. I think they save yeah. Lena one more time from bandits, but it's kind of just like a yeah that one doesn't matter because in this next episode like i kind of got a little bit ahead of myself they basically you know i'm gonna skip a little bit here but they end up find they end up ascending up into the clouds to one of these ships that's still there and cody not only is it still there there's fucking people still living on it 
Yeah, Chris, you are getting a little too ahead. I of am. A, I am a little ahead. Hold on but one second. We do have one more. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, we got the one where the sand uh, steamer they, episode. Yes, yes, yes. Where the sand steamer crashes into the thing. And... There's not much that happens here. No, really, the only thing that that really matters here is one of the guys in the group uh, that's that's hunting Vash um, is, is it... actually a puppet. Yeah. Leonov, uh, whatever his name is. Uh, Luanov, yeah, to Luanov. He's because uh, he goes back, and uh, I guess Luanov had been basically seeing through these his puppet the whole time, and he knows what's going on. Like it, the puppet, like just collapses and goes back into a briefcase. Yeah, this this episode was kind of boring, honestly. Um, it kind of it's just the episode to get our crew together. Yes. Get yeah. This, this is where they there. all they all reconvene. Yep. And this yeah. is uh because there's like another friend, and I, I want to say they meet uh. Like Millie and like Mar- Slater, and uh, I know they they catch up to Millie and Merrill here again. Yeah, Millie and Merrill get new orders from the insurance company to go back after Vash. Yep. They, Thank I, God. I don't remember the BS reason. Basically, it's just like, yeah, this. You just go, just go get your man. You know. Yep. Um. So they're all met up back together. I can't remember the action, the even side characters. I just remember Vash like begs. Slater was the only one I remember. I know Vash begs this one guy to not shoot like the guy that killed his daughter. And... Yeah. But basically, like you said, our crew's back together. Oh, and there's a typhoon, like a real typhoon, not the humanoid one. Oh yeah, the, the real fucking one heading this way. It's uh, they, it's coming right for us, batting down the hatches. But um, Vash basically uh, staying at like a hotel with Mo- with Millie and Merrill. He leaves a note for mm-hmm. them, and then he heads out into the typhoon. And that th- now we're we're caught up. Yeah, this first. is where he ascends to the what's what's left of one of the ships. And Cody, there's fucking people living on it. Now, Chris, I do have one little gripe here. What? Uh huh. What kind of weird fucking typhoon elevator did we just hop on? Dude, it was, it was like something out of a fucking Mega Man game. That we're just like <laughs> it was like a platform. Just like he was just platforming and he just hopped it, on it's the all elevator. He's doing man, he's platforming and Nicholas D hitching a ride up there as well. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that, but I just went with it because it was like, th- this is when Trigun's good, so I, don't, I, I can ignore like what how the hell they even got up to this ship, why the ship's even floating. Like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Vash and uh, Wolfwood head up to the to this ship, which is one of yep. the and we one meet of the some uh, we actually meet some people, and Vash was like, you know, this will be the first visitors they've had in you know, pretty much ever, a long I time. Say. Which we got like, and so I mean, we, it's cool. We get to see some neat characters, and I think isn't this guy like Steve or Eric? What's his name? Eric uh, or Mark? Mike? We're, uh, what, we're talking about this Brad? guy. I think isn't this guy related to the guy that was killed in the uh, in the in the in the rim episode? Is he actually related? I, maybe I missed. I, I think so, but don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. I know Brad. Brad that's I know. What I know Brad looks Brad. Brad pretty much has the exact same character model as Steve. I can tell you. Yeah, that we've for got sure. Brad and Jessica, who are kind of the main two people here that Vash is like homies with, and so we get some banter between them. But Cody, you know, they weren't they aren't, they aren't the only ones that are up there. We got a, we got some party crashers, um, and we find out that we got some party crashers after we uh, we realize we got a uh, we got a puppet on board, sir. Yeah, and we should also we should also mention the doctor, um, who's on board. Ah, uh, doc. This this doc who basically recreated Vash's left arm after I want to yeah. say knives took his left. Yeah, I knives pretty much shot it off. Yeah, and the doctor is basically the one that repaired it, and mm-hmm. 
I, I want to say he's even the one that like supplied the coat. I can't. I don't know if he's the one where he got the red coat from. But so I also I'm glad you said that because I'd forgotten. I honestly think, and I don't I don't remember if they cover this, but like I think Legato has Vash's old left arm, which is why he can talk to him. Like we got we got some Metal Gear Solid shit going on here. Um, like I think Legato's left arm is actually Vash's left arm. Interesting. I can't remember if. Because after the episode, after um he um he killed all the um the the fucking the gang, um as he's leaving the town, he's looking at his hand, he's looking at his arm, like his left arm, the same one that Vash is missing, and says something like, uh, you know, there's just something every time I think of you, Vash, or something like that. I don't remember what he said, but like it was like, oh, is that like his fucking arm? Which would totally make sense, but I mean, it's yeah, I don't know, it's a very Metal Gear thing to do. I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna pull that up. I do remember that that line being spoken, um, mm-hmm. where he's like looking at his hand. Yeah, and I genuinely think that it was his left. Uh, that that's Vash's arm. <clears throat> but also too, so we we um I want to say um yeah I'll say this is the episode where uh yeah, we, yeah. we've got it looks like it is his left arm. Yeah, in both the ma- manga and anime, Legato has the ability to use psychic powers to manipulate people. He obtained these powers from knives who gave Legato Vash's left arm. Which was endowed with some kind of godlike powers his brothers possessed. There it is. Well, that must also have been the, uh, must have been the ex- pumpkin seltzer. That also explains like why, you know, why why Legato's abilities are so powerful. It's because yep, he's been given a non-human arm. Like he's been given yeah, he's like some, he's got an some angel blood in him. alien arm. Basically. Um, yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and back then, uh, back on the uh, the ship here. Yep. So we got we got some monsters on board. We got some puppets and. Uh, Cody, we got a few people on here. I think we've got we've got some puppets, um, but we've also got two more of the uh, gung ho guns. We've got Gray the Nine Lives and Hopart the Gauntlet. Um, Gray the Nine Lives is just that he's just a big dumb guy who has nine extra lives. Yep, not and much to him other than that. Yeah, and then uh, what's the other guy's name? Hogar. What? Uh, uh, Hopart the Gauntlet. Hopart. Uh, he's like yep. a spinny top kind of weird guy. But the thing that really pisses Vash off is he actually, like, he's been killing a bunch of people on the ship. Oh, dude, he, he like, kill everybody on this ship again, which is just a real bad, oh, you don't want to do that. Oh, and Leonov is also on the ship, like, the puppet yep. master guy. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, no, Luanov is actually down on, he's got puppets up there. Like, Luanov is actually down, like, in the middle of the desert in this typhoon, like, okay, controlling okay. his puppets. That's what it is. That's what it is. I just know. It cuts back to, it cuts back to him later on. Yeah, and um, I'm trying to remember who fucking plows into him because he Wolfwood gets Wolfwood uh, does, I believe. Yeah, it's all oh, that's right. Yeah, Wolfwood lets him fucking have it, and like uh, I love it. It kind of like Wolfwood basically takes on nine lives. Right. Yep, and then Vash yeah, take, the nine lives. Absolutely. Vash takes on. I'll I'll let you spout these uh, <laughs> these names that I can never remember. Um, mm-hmm. but Vash comes across like a bunch of his friends that you know he had like come like they were very close, like they were all on these seed ships together. And uh, basically, this dude kills them all, and then Vash basically takes makes quick work out of this guy um, while Wolfwood fights nine lives. Yeah, um, and uh, the ship ends up actually crash landing. Yeah, so it, you know, kind of where the ship was intended to go, um, mm-hmm. which a lot of the people on the ship like wanted to like just stay up there. They don't they didn't want to like really face Can reality. You fucking blame them. Yeah, they didn't want to face reality. Like Wolfwood was going around like, you guys know you're eventually gonna crash on this planet. Like, yep. And they're like, oh, no, no. No, um, it's fine. It's fine. 
But yeah, they they take care of these two guys. Um, like, but like Cody, it's uh, that's not it. We uh, um, Wolfwood after after defeating Nine Lives has uh, he sees a, a certain someone who is also down there with Vash and uh, and and Brad. He uh, he sees he the... finds Jessica all tied up, but uh, yeah, the real Jessica. Yeah. We got a we got a fake Jessica though, Chris. We got a big fat phony down there, and we should have known. We should have known. And what happens? Poor Brad, poor fucking Brad gets shot the fuck up by puppet Jessica, and oh boy, old Vash is not a happy camper. Pour one out for our boy B Red. He he takes it right. here. And uh, that's all right. Well, Wolfwood definitely gets uh gets the last laugh on that one because he finds Luanoff and uh, just fucking just blows him to hell. Oh yeah, makes quick work of him and his puppets. See you later. Mm-hmm. And uh, but this 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 death really like it it kind of haunts Vash a little bit. Um, which like that we see that in the next episode we see like some flashbacks of him, mm-hmm. like which obviously us the viewer we've just met Brad. He kind of just mm-hmm. looks like a Steve ripoff, um, without the booze. Uh, um, but yeah, it, this one definitely th- this one definitely sits different with Vash. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, and and the, these next couple episodes, like we re- we're really testing like Vash's mental fortitude because this next episode, I guess that was involves a- our. Ne- I'm sorry, what? That, that was actually two episodes. I forgot on the ship. Yeah, yeah, it sure was. Yeah, it was a little another little two parter in the middle of all this. Um, but the next episode, we we're just dealing with kids living out in the desert, and uh, amongst those kids, Cody is um another member of the gung ho guns that we don't realize until coming down the home stretch a bunch of bunch of damn sandworms like like fucking Beetlejuice. Chris, and I'm, um this is like a one of the, like you ever seen the sci-fi like movie Tremors? Like Yes. I was like Dude, yes, this is the fucking Tremors episode. <laughs> this is literally I was Tremors. For my boy Bert. My boy fucking Bert. <laughs> Bert and his wife Reba McIntyre. I love that. Dude, I fucking love Tremors and this was 100% the Tremors episode. Yeah, I was like I was like okay, <laughs> It felt like we were just like, it almost felt like a filler episode, and then the worms show up. I'm like, what the? Is this Tremors? Like, oh, I have man. no idea. Like, these kids are just like fighting like in an area. I don't know, dude. It was just a weird episode. Uh, basically, yeah, but the, well, the sandworms are being controlled by this uh, this gung ho gun who is just hiding amongst the kids. Uh, we are now introduced to Zazie the Beast. Zazie the Beast. Oh, and we should mention, I guess, kind of like a minor note. The kids' parents are also like being controlled like they're like in a trance and yep. stuff like that uh. absolutely so there's some wacky shit happening here but uh long story short here cody obviously we know vash is not vash is not one to kill people mm-hmm. he, he is, it is the last even if it's the last thing the last option he won't fucking do it but what re- what happens here is um Wolfwood just fucking kills him. Wolfwood just comes out of nowhere, just off the top rope, and just yeah, just kills uh, Zazie the Beast, um, dude. And nobody's fucking happy about it. Millie's not happy about it. Fucking Vash is definitely not happy about it. Um, well, yeah, because like previously, Wolfwood's been killing like the the gung ho guns off screen, or uh, not off screen, but like outside of Vash's like. You know, like not right in front of him like this. Like he took out um, the swordsman yeah, he guy. Killed, he killed Ryday. He killed uh, Luanov. And I, um, I, the rest of them ended up killing themselves. But he just fucking killed Zajel and Nine Lives. Yeah, killed Nine Lives as well. Um, but yeah, 
yeah. killing Zazie right in front of Vash, like Vash immediately saw like flashbacks of like Brad just dying in the yep. previous episode, obviously. And Wolfwood was like, dude, you got to get over this shit. Like there was literally no other way. This was there because they were under his control. And I actually do like Wolfwood's line where he's like calls him out. He's like, you got to get over this like childhood like bullshit, like. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of nice because like honestly, at this point, I was like, okay. Bash, you, you gotta you gotta kill somebody at some point, right? Like, yeah, like Wolf, let Wolfwood be the sword, right? Let Wolfwood do the dirty work, and yeah, and I agree. Like Wolfwood becomes the voice of reason here. But uh, Cody, as this um as this episode ends, we're actually going into um I, man, I loved I loved the Rim Savarin episode, but this one might be my absolute. The more I talk about it, this this next one coming up might be my favorite because as Wolf, Wolfwood is leaving, he is actually greeted by another man with a gigantic cross. And I'm thinking, oh, this is probably Chapel the Evergreen. Yeah, which, spoiler alert, it is. Um, it sure as fuck is. And I love this episode because Wolfwood is my favorite character in this show. Like, he's my favorite character in this show. I used to have, like, this crazy Wolfwood. I wanted, like, the, you know, like, the McFarlane line of action figures. I had a Wolfwood one. Like, the cross had, like, individual fucking guns in it. Like, it was super detailed. Um, I, I, and this episode, we actually start to understand what Wolfwood was all about. That, you know, turns out, you know, he was taken in by Chapel, um, basically trained by Chapel, and basically was told by Chapel to kill Vash, you know? Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it, it, honestly, these, the flashback episodes are the best episodes. Like you said, this is, this is definitely right up there with the Rim flashback. Um, yep. But yeah, it's cool. Well, but just also, to see... Wolfwood was doing it to, Wolfwood was doing it for, for, for the, he, he had good reasons for it. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, you were saying? Oh no, you're good. You're good. I I I just enjoy like getting to see some of our boy Wolfwood's past. Um, Absolutely. And then of course, like back in like the like the present time, um, you know, Vash and the gang—they're all. I can't remember the name of the town that they're in at this point. Um, uh, they they're definitely not in Augusta. I think they're still in the same town that they were in, uh, Carcass. I think. I think it, I think they're in a new town. I don't know. All these desert towns kind of just run together. Um, but we, Chris, outside of the town. We get to meet another. Well, we, we we can tell by the way he looks that he's a member of the Gung Ho Guns. Yep, and we we saw him very briefly during the intro episode of all the guns. But we are we are now seeing Kane the Long Shot with the biggest fucking sniper rifle on God's green earth. Yeah, this thing is actually just ridiculous. Like it's retarded. I don't know how <laughs> the fuck he's carrying this thing. It's just big and floppy and just. Yeah. Um, but like I said here, um, basically. Chapel uh Wolfwood was actually working for knives this whole time, but he was doing it under under Chapel's instruction. And the whole idea was like, look, if we do this, we're they're gonna take care of these orphans. You know, they're gonna get the money they need, they're gonna survive, which of course we we fucking know knives wasn't gonna take care of these orphans. Mm-hmm. And basically Wolf basically Chapel tells me, you gotta do it. Yeah, and you gotta do correct it. Correct me if I Chapel is it's Chapel the Evergreen, right? Yes. Okay. I'm getting confused. I'm like, I'm like trying to re- remember this episode, and I'm like, mm-hmm. am I getting two characters mixed up? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. All right, but carrying on. Um, 
Yeah, this one this one's rough. And yeah, it, um, we get like a brief so, like talk with Wolfwood and Vash, like they have like a little face off type thing. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, like Vash doesn't want to fight Wolfwood. Um, and then of course, Kane the long shot. He starts firing off sniper rounds from off in the distance. Yeah, and... basically, basically he's like, well, fuck. Like, Kane's just there to kind of kill them both, basically, because I guess they don't trust Wolfwood to Chapel not so much, but. Well, they, I guess the rest of the gung-ho guns don't trust Wolfwood enough to kill Vash, so why not send the sniper to fucking kill them both? Makes perfect sense to me. It's a very villain move, if you ask me. Yeah, kind of very similar to, like, when EG Mine and yes. uh, the Samurai Dude. Like, it's like very much. none of the... I feel like none of the gung-ho guns actually trust each other. Um, nope, they're just, they're just there. There are guns for hire, or swords, or fucking disc things, whatever they are. <laughs> yep, well, um... But then uh, the two of them basically they head the cover, they split up, and mm. Bash basically says, "Hey, uh, like he's gonna go take care of Kane the long shot, and meanwhile we're gonna have Wolfwood kind of go go face off with Chapel as a uh, yep. previous mentor." And um... yeah, Vash and Vash and Kane kind of have an interesting thing where basically Vash like destroys his gun and tells Kane to fuck off. Well, Kane just fucking kills himself. Yeah, once he lost his and... giant Barrett. 200 caliber rifle he uh he just decided to to take his own life so yep and then then we're hit with the hard stuff here so we um so we have the confrontation between wolfwood and chapel wolfwood gets him but as wolfwood's walking away legato can just controlling chapel actually picks up his gun the next thing you you hear some gunshots and uh you see Wolfwood passes, like, you know, Vash is back in the town and Wolfwood passes by him and basically just like, he's like, hey, just, you know, be more careful next time. Mm-hmm. And then we get this, and there's like a trail of blood following him, and we're just like, oh, no. Please, no. And he has this really great monologue with like a really great song playing in the background. And, uh, well, he dies right there in the church. Wolfwood, he, he dies from his gunshot wound. I did forget to mention earlier, that and I, this was very important. Wolf, Wolfwood has kind of a heart to heart with Millie the day before this. Wolfwood was eaten the fuck up about killing Zazie. Like he, like Wolfwood is not like Wolfwood is eaten and he's like crying, like saying I had no choice. Like Wolfwood definitely did not want to kill him, and Wolfwood definitely struggles with his own demon. So that was a really good scene. Yeah. Um. And it's cool to see like Millie. Like getting close with somebody like Wolfwood because they they had had their own little adventure earlier on in the series. Yeah. Um. She's kind. He's kind of like the the Vash to her uh, Meryl. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And man, just watching him die. Like the last line he says is like, "I didn't want it to end this way." And he like just like he, he's like kneeling with like his cross leaning on him, and he just like just fucking dies right there in the church. And like they end this one on a fucking like a. Uh, they leave, leave this one on a fucking heavy note because, like, when they find out he's dead, like, he's Vash has the cross, and Millie's just crying her eyes out, and Vash is just sitting outside, man. Like, they're just, they're fucking ready to end this thing. Yeah, definitely gets you a little misty-eyed here. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what, because the next episode kicks off where Chapel is like, what the fuck? Yeah, because Chapel didn't want, uh, didn't want Wolfwood to die, excuse me. Yeah. So he's confronting so, Legato. Yeah, basically, yeah. And he go Chapel goes to fucking kill them, and Legato basically just breaks his fucking arms. Yeah, yeah. This is a uh, 
pretty brutal scene here. Um, and then let's see, I'm trying to remember. Knife shows up and like sucks him into a black hole. Like they 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 just fucking just relentlessly murder Chapel. Yeah, and Mid Valley, uh, Sax Man, he, he witnesses this all, and it it even kind of stuns him. Uh, to be oh fair. yeah. Um, but yeah, then I, mean, I, I feel like at this point, like I, I feel like Mid Valley might be like the the leader of the gung ho guns, mm-hmm. and I, I think you know, we kind of have this moment where maybe he realizes they're kind of in over their head, but like they never really act on it, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's I like agree. whatever. Uh, and then we get we get uh, on a lighter note, Chris. We we go back to our our boy Vash and Marilyn Millie, you know, mm-hmm. getting some donuts. Uh, in the next town, of course, and you know, kind of just mm-hmm. continuing on their way. Um, once again, he kind of busts out the whole spiel. You know, he doesn't want him traveling with him because, like, kind of talks about his. This is where he kind of like unloads some of his backstory about his brother. Um, yep. Yeah, just basically it lets them know, and then I want to say this is where they're approached by a couple of kids who like pass out. Um, basically, just talking about like how like basically saying that Vash is the one that killed Wolfwood. Um, and I want to say this is where uh, where Vash actually goes after. Um, I want to say like Vash goes after him or like Vash goes he goes to like pull his gun out to do something like Legato's gone. Um, and then he um he shows uh Mid Valley the Horn Freak shows up basically the last gung ho gun we have left. Yeah, and, and and also this this actually is the episode where uh, Legato reveals that he has like the left arm of Vash. Gotcha, um, gotcha. From like the July incident and everything like that. Yeah, and this this is the like the whole thing here. Um, basically they they fight. Um, um, and basically like um you know they, you know they have a good fight. Mid Valley's got he can do some shit with his saxophone. Like it's definitely not just a muse, uh, not just a uh a, a instrument. It's also a weapon. Um. And um, basically, I want to say Vash finds a way to like disable Mid Valley saxophone so it can't do its thing anymore. But Mid Valley's very much aware of it, and he just plays the note anyway. Just that blows himself up. Yeah, it's like in the wiki page it calls it like his like the B flat note, I guess. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, basically kills himself using that. Um, I guess it says it's overloading his saxophone. And obviously this, mm-hmm. this once again, this is haunting Vash. Like, he doesn't want to kill anybody. Like, he just got done protecting all these townsfolk from, like... Yep. And by the way, there are townsfolk in here that are under Legato's control. Yeah, and he's, like, like he's like causing, like, Mid-Valley to attack them, and obviously Vash not wanting anybody to get hurt. He's protecting all these people, and then mm-hmm. trying to save Mid-Valley while still, like, you know, taking care of business. Poor Vash, man. He just goes through hell. Um, oh, dude, just through the fucking ringer, huh? But um, but then from here, so Mid Valley's gone. The gung ho guns are gone, and now he's uh, Legato and Vash kind of have their little standoff here, and basically Legato, the, the whole thing. Legato was dead from Jump Street. Like he he was not gonna survive this. He knew he was not gonna survive this. He had one purpose and one purpose only, and that was to have Vash kill him. So basically, he's got the town people he's got under control have Merrill Merrill and Millie basically pinned down. And like he tries to like get Vash to activate his uh his fucking angel arm, but he he talks it back down, and basically 
he forces Vash to put his gun to Legato's head. And he's like, you, know, basically, you have to kill me. You have to do it. And Vash is just like, no, please don't. I don't want to do this. Yeah. And uh, and until he does, Legato's like, unless you kill me, your friend, they're all going to die. What's your choice? Yeah, definitely a, a rough one for Vash, uh, which obviously he has to, he does eventually kill Legato. And, uh, Boy, man, he is not happy about it at all. Yeah, he's had a rough couple of episodes, you know, losing his boy oh, Wolfwood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing a lot of people die, uh, even though he's doing everything he can to prevent it. Um, yeah, and then these last two, uh, like I said, these last two kind of run together. Um, basically, that this last this last episode. Um, what am I trying? To, this this is kind of like your 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 let me up episode. We're just getting a little more backstory. Like Vash, you know, Vash had to like cognitively kill somebody, so he basically is just like. He's out of commission, like mentally. Yeah, he's seeing flashbacks um, of Wolfwood's yep. death, Legato's death, like all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, and basically, like Millie, like so much time passes, and like Meryl and Millie are just like they're basically hanging out with Vash, taking care of him. Um, you know, they're you know they're, he's thinking about Rim, and what am I? Basically, there's like um. You know, like the town folk are trying to kill Vash, or you know, and then um, I don't know. Like it, it's so weird. And Vash yeah. knows what he Vash knows what he has to do, man. Yeah, we know he's got to face off with knives. Marilyn Millie, like like you said, they're tending to his wounds. Um, obviously mm-hmm. the citizens kind of don't want him there, uh, per usual. Um, mm-hmm. but there is like some, I want to say it's like an old, an old person that's like actually gives a shit. Like, one elderly mm-hmm. person out of the town actually kind of cares. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, and then, uh, like I said, going into the last episode, you know, we have the last confrontation here with uh, Vash and Knives. Again, the first half of this, epi- half of this episode is just kind of flashbacks or, you know, what really brought us up to here. Um, and this is the episode where we find out that the person that, that Knives killed that set off the July incident was, like somebody who was related to Rim. Like, that's where we find this out. So it kind of, it all starts to come together here. Um, yeah, and I want to say, he actually mentioned something, like he's the last, this is the last person connected to Rim or something, whenever yep. we saw, like, the flashback. Um, exactly. And it's just basically all, yeah, all the, the gung-ho guns, and basically we see Knives, basically Knives and Vash fighting when they're young, and when they get older, they have another fight, and... Basically, Knives is the one who created... They each have their own gun. Knives has a black one, and Vash has the silver one. And they're referred to as their siblings, but I guess these are the catalysts that create the angel arms. Um, so I want to say at this point, you know, they, 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 they have a fight. You know, they, uh, you know, they have, they, you know... Knives gets the best of Vash. Like, Knives gets, like, the double fucking angel arms going. And when Knives... When, Basically, it's all said and done. Like he hears Wolfwood saying, "Hey, Needle Noggin, it's right next to you. What are you doing?" At that point, Vash like reaches into the fucking dirt, pulls out the cross, and just gets knives right in the shoulder. Yeah, very cool. Very cool fight. Kind of hard to talk. About. It's very hard to describe like some of these fights because it's just a yeah, lot it's of, just like the, a it's lot of gunshots. And... It's I'm going to use my gun. We're going to shoot, but we're not going to mortally wound each other. Then we're going to angel arm. Then we're going to stop. Then we're going to angel arm. And then I'm going to double angel arm. And then we're going to fucking pull out Wolfwood's cross and end this fight immediately. Yeah, the the cross gun thing was pretty cool. Um, oh yeah, the fuck. It's called the cross punisher, which I think is fucking dope. 
and then which causes him I want to say that causes him to drop that causes knives to drop bashes like angel arm yep. Vash picks it up shoots it and uh goes basically through. shoots him in the arms and legs yeah just takes care of him and uh knives does shoot back but it only like grazes Vash and uh yep. yeah basically. yeah and the fight's over the fight is over my man yep and uh basically I'm... like in what's up oh no go ahead you're good I was going to say, and instead of, uh, you know, he doesn't kill him, of course, he bandages him up, puts him over his shoulder, and, uh, you know, the whole thing is Millie and Merrill are wondering if Vash is going to come back, and, like, in the la- like the end credits start to play. Um, it's your typical end of an anime where, like, the end theme is playing, but, like, the things are still happening, mm-hmm. and um, we see off in the distance Vash carrying knives is coming back to where Merrill and Millie are. And that's yep. it. Yep, basically he's gonna he's gonna keep night. He's like you're gonna survive too, like yep. you know sticking to his sticking to his guns quite literally. Um, and yeah, yeah. Kinda, that that's Trigun. That is that, it. That is Trigun. It's very tragic. The ha- back half of this thing is incredibly tragic. It's very interesting. Um, I guess overall, like like we like we mentioned before, like the first half is definitely the weaker half. Um, but this mm-hmm. these these last like thirteen episodes. 12, 13 episodes, however you want to look at it, definitely mm-hmm. are what make the show very memorable. Um, Absolutely. I don't, I guess I don't remember. I'm like, I remember the first time I watched this, I like thought the aliens, like the weird alien stuff, like that he's from another planet, wasn't until mm-hmm. much, much later in the show, like towards like the, the final couple episodes. But I, I guess I just like forgotten about episode 17, like the, the flashback where we see like the seed ships and everything like that. I don't know. Maybe I, Maybe I just mm-hmm. wasn't paying it enough attention as I should have been. Um, hey, that's all right. That which, is all right. Is I mean, I've, I've watched this show a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I'm surprised I remembered as much as I did. Yeah, you remembered a crazy like, As I was watching, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember all this. Like, even I'm reading through the wiki page, and you're, like, naming names. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the name. All right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Keep, yeah. Keeping us afloat here at Shonen Insides. But, yeah, just a, a definitely a classic. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you just you got to see it through. You can't just, like... It's definitely an anime that's going to take a while to get going, um, but once it exactly. gets going, I mean, you're in. Uh, once they introduce the gung ho guns, it's hard to it's hard to turn back, honestly. Absolutely. And with that being said, Cody, where does this go on our rankings? Chris, let me pull up the old notepad here on the computer. Yeah. I need a I need a refresh I need a refresher course here. Let me see. Indeed, because um, I, I definitely know where I know where this is going for me. Um, this is going to go, honestly, right above, uh, right above Japan Sinks, and I believe right under My Hero Academia for me. It would be, so you have Castlevania, number one, My Hero 2, Promise Neverland 3, and then Japan Sinks 4. Okay, gotcha. So, right over My Hero Academia. So you wanted as should be, this should be my new number six or my new number five. No, no, no. It, Sorry. Let me let me read this back. Here, I think I have an old list in front of me. Okay. I think I have the current list for you. Okay. I'll just read it down. Castlevania, My Hero, mm-hmm. Promise mm-hmm. Neverland, Japan mm-hmm. Sinks, Helsing mm-hmm. Ultimate, Cowboy Bebop. Yes. Yeah, right above right above Helsing Ultimate. Okay, so, so it'll list. be your new number five. Number five. Okay, perfect. Okay, so yeah, I was looking at the right list. I was just confused. No, you're good. Yeah. Yeah, this'll oh, be yeah, this'll be my, my new number five. I it's 
I think it's good enough. Um, like I said, my the, the gripes I have with it are small. I just I don't think it. Um, I think it still tells a great story and has a great group of villains and a great main character. I love the voice acting. Um, the back half of this really propels it that high for me. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. The back half is something very special. Definitely really turns it around because, I mean, this was going to be down at the bottom. Like, this was going to be, like, hanging out with Blood of Zeus. Not not quite at the bottom bottom, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I'm trying to think where I'm going to put this. I think I'm going to put this as my new number six. Yeah. I'm going to put it's, it. It's good enough. I'm going to put it just below Helsing Ultimate. Obviously, our our lists differ a little bit here. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be above Promise Neverland. Uh, obviously, Promise Neverland, they, they blew it with the second season. Oh, boy, um, fuck. Whereas Trigun... They blew it like Vla- Vash blew away Legato. Like, whereas Trigun, like, vastly improved uh, on the Well, they salvaged the it, didn't they? Oh, they sure did, Chris. They went from being, like, a, just a, a villain of the week to villains that are actually some badass... Badass dudes. Um, mm-hmm. Once again, our boy Vash, the Stampede, the humanoid typhoon, takes over and uh, saves the day. Nearly saves everybody involved. Um, yeah, everybody but the villains in uh, Wolfwood. That's a shame. But, you know, you kind of figured Wolfwood had to die. Like, there was there was definitely some, some baggage and some atonement that needed to happen. But also, I, I feel like his death was definitely a shock to everybody involved except even chapel you know what i mean because i do think at the end of the day like even chapel was a good person for lack of a better way to put it like of all the gung-ho guns which i which also kind of takes me back and wonder well no wonder they called him a traitor because he's not a shithead like the rest of these guys Mm -hmm. you know he actually has like you know human decency and wants to see you know wants to take care of people you know he is a man of the cloth after all Although, so, although he is one strange-looking individual, he is just—he's got the weirdest fucking like fucking Lawrence Fishburne Matrix-ass glasses, doesn't he? Yeah, he's just a—he's just an odd-looking dude. Um, just an odd duck, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely a weird one. Uh, obviously, um, oh wait, no, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Never mind, Chris. Oh, you're uh, definitely tripping. But he definitely—he's definitely an odd-looking duck. That's I got, for sure. I got too many pages in front of me. Okay, so we got our 17th anime ranked. Mm-hmm. Your new number five, my new number six. Um, definitely one of the better then, shows we've watched. Obviously, this year we've had uh, some rough, some rough ones. Um, we've had some duds, that's for sure. But like we said, um, but Trigun definitely, uh, definitely turns it around. But we're not done with Trigun yet, Cody. Oh no, Chris, we got, we got the, we got the movie. Yeah, we got the Badlands Rumble coming in hot. Chris, I used to throw this movie on just like to fall asleep to you all the time. Um, and I don't remember this. I don't. I don't. I don't remember Badlands Rumble like at all. Chris, I just remember like the very beginning, and it's kind of like a, like just your typical like Vasta Stampede like comes in and like interferes with some like you know some goons, some uh, bullshit. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. They're at a saloon. I'm pretty sure you know something's going on there. But that's about all I remember. Like, I, not that this movie like will cause me to fall asleep, but it's just like you know. You just throw it on. It's your background noise. Yeah, it's, a just... good, it's a good background noise movie, and that that's never a bad thing. Yeah. Um, Some movies yeah. are just made for that. And I want so, to yeah, say I'm this really came... excited about that. Didn't this come out like well after the animated series? I, I think it came out like 2008 or something like that. I, I, it was a while. Let me see if I can find like the date. 2010. Shit. Yeah. It's it's a way later. Hell yeah. I, I want to say when this goodness. came out is when uh, a buddy of mine had suggested like asked me if I had watched Trigun. I was like, mm-hmm. no, I've heard of it, and that because I, I must have got, I think I got Netflix in like 2011. 
Yeah, because Trigun used to be on Netflix like for the longest time. Oh yeah, that's how I watched like Bebop and Trigun and yeah, like Monster Absolutely. and a bunch of other anime. Um, but yeah, no, this will be exciting, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch this. It'll be fresh because I I don't remember this movie at all. I don't. I I feel like I've seen parts of it. But I don't think I've ever sat down to like watch it, watch it. So this will be exciting. Um, I believe this is also on Hulu. I'm it is. Mistaken. It most certainly is. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure yeah. I have this on DVD somewhere. I'd have to find the DVD. <laughs> um, I definitely don't have this on VHS. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't make this one on VHS. It went straight to DVD not. and Blu-ray and stuff. Um, That's right. But yeah, we'll be covering Tri Trigun Badlands Rumble, the 2010 mm -hmm. movie follow-up. Well. I say follow up very loosely. It, it's kind of just like a fun little adventure. It's not like... A little, si little, little side story. Yeah. yeah, nothing wrong with that. Very typical for an anime movie. Um, but yeah, that's what we'll be covering next week, guys. If you want to watch along with us, that'll be on Hulu. Um, mm -hmm. But Chris, you kind of actually, before we wrap things up here, you came up with a little question. Um, I yeah, guess like... Um, we can go ahead and I'm, answer I'm it curious. Uh, yeah, I'm very curious. Um, because, you know, a, one of the biggest tropes in anime is having like a really eclectic and really awesome group of villains and i was going to ask cody what is your favorite anime villain group all right chris this is this is a tough one man there there's a lot a, a lot of ones i really like um Man, I'm trying to decide. There's there's two that I really that are uh -huh. pretty much the front runners for me, and uh, obviously the number one for me that when you when you first brought it up before we started the podcast was the Akatsuki from Naruto. Um, they're they're kind of like your big bads. There's a, a large group of them. Mm -hmm. Like we see some of them in the original Naruto, um, mm -hmm. and. Without spoiling too much, well, I, it's not really a spoiler. Uh, one of the main characters, Sasuke, his brother Itachi uh -huh. is a member of these Akatsuki. And, okay. Uh, so that's kind of like how we get sort of introduced, I would say. Um, but they're just awesome villains. Uh, I don't want to mm -hmm. spoil too much because I, you know, I don't want to like spoil Naruto for anybody out there. Uh, but they're just a bunch of badasses. Um, and they have like, some of them have some decent reasoning for why they're like evil, quote unquote. Um, but my other group that I was thinking of, Chris, is actually the homunculus. I don't know if that... I think that counts. Yeah, no, that, that, of... that, 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 that tracks. That definitely tracks. I just... I, I love the idea of the homunculus. Um, like the seven deadly sins, like... Yeah. Like the real seven deadly... Not to be confused not... with the shitty dev seven deadly sins. We're That's talking probably like, like the actual, like... One of my biggest gripes is like when I saw the, the seven deadly sins, like anime on Netflix, I was like... I was like... What? I'm like, the Seven Deadly Sins has already been done in anime, and mm -hmm. it's done by the literal best anime of all time. Uh, yeah. Arguably, of course. Um, yeah, those it's are probably that one my... I can't wait to fucking cover. Those are probably my top two. I'm trying to think of some more. Because, um, like, all the all the bad guys in Bleach all become good guys, so it's not, like, really that cool. Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of like... Uh, like, kind of like a trend for a lot of anime. Like, yeah, they they make bad guys that are way too cool that they just make them good guys. Um, it happened to Fairy Tail for a ton of villains. Um, I'm trying to think, 
you know, for like comic relief or something like that, we could say like the Ginyu Force is pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like the Ginyu Force. I get I get behind the Ginyu Force. I think, and I, and even like more recent anime, of course, there's like the League of Villains is like, yeah, right. I mean, right up there. And the Shie Hasaikai. Shie Hasaikai. I said it right. I was practicing. You got it, Chris. Yeah. Because I knew um, we were going to mention them. And I would also, I don't know if you've ever seen Hunter Hunter. Um, I have not. But there's the Phantom Troop, which mm-hmm. like, they seem like such a great group of villains, but they're just underutilized in the anime. Now, I'm sure Hunter Hunter manga fans are probably like, mm-hmm. but, 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 uh, uh, but, mm-hmm. okay. Look, I watched 130, 140 episodes, however long this damn show was, and the Phantom Troop was, like, on the cusp of being, like, my favorite group of villains ever, and then they just were very underutilized. And Brutal. Whereas, like, the Akatsuki and the Homunculus and even the League of Villains, they're, like, the forefront. Like, you know, they're the bad the bad people. Except for my yep. boy Greed. You know, Greed's the goat, but... uh, Yo, of course. Of course. We'll get to Full Metal Alchemist one day. Uh, Indeed. Well, which is kind of funny. You mentioned uh, Hunter uh, Hunter X Hunter. Um, my favorite anime villain group is the Sensui Seven from Yu Yu Hakusho. Okay. Um, that's you know Yu Yu Hakusho is one of my all time favorites. Uh, the Sensui Seven is such a great group of villains. They all have their different reasons. Um, they're all just way in over their head but they all stick to their guns. And then my follow-up and honorable mention is the Eight Devils of Kimon from Ninja Scroll. Okay, okay. I like that one too, yeah. Very good. Um, I'm actually looking at like a couple different lists here online because uh, mm-hmm. I was trying to think of some of the ideas, and I see this since we seven here in like the top six, like baddest or something like that. Yeah, dude. They actually have, they're so... they have uh, the Gung-Ho Guns as the number six yeah. on, this, on this list. Dude, they're up there, dude. The Gung-Ho Guns are fucking gas. Like, uh, that's... That's, uh, you know, the gung-ho guns being at the forefront of this half a Trigun is what made me think of this. And, like, because that's what I'm saying. Like, you have a good group of villains. It really, it really goes a long way. And, you know, because if the stakes are high, then, you know, it really just adds a whole nother layer to the show. Like, I, I, I don't like when we, I don't like when I just know that the heroes are fine, right? Mm-hmm. And we also got the Whereas. Ten Swords from, like, uh, Roroni Kenshin as well. Yeah, absolutely. And hell, you've got, even when you, um, I mean, I guess it's so weird, right? Because, like, I want to say some of, like, the, like, from Helsing Ultimate, like, I love the Iscariot organization, but that's kind of just one guy. Um, or like even though in Ultimate, you do see a couple other people, but, like, it, that, the Iscariot organization is basically Paladin Anderson and fuck all anybody else. Yeah, and, and even in like Helsing, there's like the Millennium, like all the yeah. like the Nazi like group people as well. Mm-hmm. So many good anime villain groups. I, if, I, if I if I had to pick one, I would choose the Akatsuki. Um, mm-hmm. Isame yeah. is one of my favorite anime characters of all time. Um, yeah, my, mine's mine's and the same reason. Uh, Sensui Seven is my favorite because actually Sensui is my favorite anime villain of all time. Okay, yeah, because he's the fall the fallen hero. Like, I I love the trope of the fallen hero who ends up being like the hero's biggest foil because he knows what that hero has accomplished, what he had to take to get there and like what it's doing to him as a person. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He just didn't have the, he didn't have the moral compass or the mental fortitude to handle the responsibility. 
Now, Chris, on, on just a minor side note here before we uh-huh. officially wrap things up. I know we've been going for quite a while here. Well, that's all right. I'm looking at a top 25 best anime villains of all time. Uh-huh. And these people have Mother Isabella from The Promised Neverland. Now, don't get me wrong. Mother Isabella's pretty evil. She was great. She was great. But then she became, became a softie. Big time softie. And when you're a villain, you... You are. You gotta be. You know. You gotta be all the you way. You gotta through. be a hard ass till the end, man. My boy Kisame never, never like, <laughs> never told any secrets. Never nothing. You know. Um, Dude, it was the great warrior poets Havoc and Prodigy that once said, "Ain't no such thing as halfway crooks." So right. you can't be a, a top villain and turn fucking good. Like we're putting Mother Isabella over like Shao Tucker. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How about fuck that guy? Yeah. Or like, or, or Frieza? Like, like Yeah, I mean like, fuck. Shao Tucker is a terrible person, all right. He's a horrible human. And dude. obviously like, we'll 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 talk more about what he did in oh the my f- God, very dude. future. Can we t- can we just talk about real quick? I know again, like just how many great characters there are in um in Full Metal Alchemist? Oh, absolutely, man. I just God every damn. episode, even like the the side, even like the second episode, like the priest guy with the the rip off philosopher yeah, stone. Even like the throwaway alchemist, like Boss Grand and uh, <laughs> McDougal and fucking uh, who's the one with that one the ones in his hands? Uh, or uh, is that Isaac McDougal, the one with the um, the one who has the 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 alchemist symbols in his hands? Maybe that was McDougal. I can't remember, um, Chris. I'm I'm trying to remember all their names now. I've and been... I'm trying to remember the one that they fought in the in Brotherhood, the very first episode. The guy oh. who can like manipulate the yeah. water. Water freezes, water boils. Either way, yeah. you're just as dead. The worst line in the the oh, entire show. Like I was but like, I remember I was like, I Brotherhood's here. Like this is gonna be sick. I'm watching it, and he said that line. I was like, okay, maybe oh, this isn't gonna be that good. <laughs> but it was. It was. Hey, look, even a, even a you know. <laughs> nobody's perfect nobody's perfect but that's gonna do it for our episode today guys uh i believe this is episode is it episode 69 chris <laughs> nice <laughs> it's either that's that or nice. 70 or some oh god i don't know we make these fucking either make, way it's nice it is episode 69 look at that yeah perfection trigun part two episode 69 we did it we did it wouldn't have it any other way what's this it puts the hoe in gung-ho guns. We'll throw a big shout-out to Duke for following the podcast on Podbean. Yeah, hell yeah. Appreciate you. Get him, Duke. Now, we don't get many followers on Podbean these days, Chris. So uh, I'm that, all about it, that, man. That's a lot of effort to make a Podbean account and give us a follow, so we appreciate uh, you, Duke. I fucking appreciate that. Love that, guys. And, uh, yeah, we will uh, be covering, once again, Trigun Badlands Rumble next week. Uh, we are going to... Then... Tr- and then, then Chris, after that, it's the live-action Bebop, right? Live-action Bebop premieres tomorrow, Chris. Probably by the time you guys are hearing this podcast, we're recording it on Thursday night. Uh, yeah, live I will action be staying Bebop. away from it. 100% staying away from it. I, I'm not reading any reviews. I'm not listening to what people say. Like, I want to go in ice cold on this thing. Chris, I'm going to watch probably tomorrow. I don't know how you're going to stay away from it. <laughs> I, I'm going to, like... I won't spoil anything, of course. I, I don't know how I'm going to stay away from that. That's going to be... Maybe if I just don't get on Netflix the entire week and like don't check any social media at all. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's hard. That's that, hard in this day and age. Yeah, it's tough. Like You just check your notifications, but um, we'll be covering the first five episodes the following week and then five more the, the following week. 
week after that. Um, Can't wait. Obviously, we're going to record Badlands Rumble episode probably a little bit earlier than usual because we got Thanksgiving coming up. Um, obviously, we want to wish you guys all happy holidays, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the time with your family. Absolutely. All that Enjoy good stuff. Enjoy all your pumpkin pies and pecan pies and turkatrons and... Enjoy. enjoy enjoy the company of your friends and family you for can, sure. You can even enjoy a pumpkin spice seltzer. I'll say it here. Yeah. I'm there, not that, I'm not going to drink big words. I'm not going to drink the other two, but uh <laughs> but you made it through one and that's you know what? That's a that's a holiday miracle in and of itself. That's right, Chris. But uh that's going to do it for us this week, guys. Um I'm Cody Snodgrass and I am Chris Adams and thank you once again for tuning in. Bam 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 b